this morning. And we just love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. And we have the distinct pleasure of having uh, Paul Wetzel, one of our newest members of the church, but a great answer to prayer for this church. Um, him and his family have been coming here um, several months now, six maybe, since June. And um, if you've been here at all, you know who, the, who they are because they're serving everywhere that they can serve in the church. Um, so you, you, you probably already know who they are. But um, uh, just uh, let's welcome Paul this morning. He's going to be bringing the word to us. So, Paul. Thank you. Mike working here, all right. All right, good morning. So um, the pastor just wanted me to remind everyone this morning that New Covenant is, as we bring up the word cloud here, that New Covenant is a Bible-believing church. So this morning we're going to open up God's word to the book of Luke. And I just wanted to, again, thank you for the opportunity to be able to... Um, Bring forth God's word this morning, even while the pastor's enjoying a much-needed vacation. So we pray God's blessing on him and his family. And um, as we open up, having a little feedback here, as we open up God's word here, we pray that um, that it'll go forth. Let's. Uh, this week we're doing the Advent. We're following along in the sermon series. A lot of you might see the card in front of you, and um, looks something like what they're going to show up here on the board here. It's the bulletin card, and the, the first week was the golden candle with the prophetic clues, the second week the white candle with the angelic witness, and this week, as we mentioned, we have the green candle, which we're going to talk about the shepherds, and the focus of this week is going to be on Luke. So the first advent... Some of you may be wondering, what's Advent mean, right? So the first Advent was, was when Christ came down in the form of a baby, right? And he lived among us, and he died, and he rose again, and went back to heaven. That was the first Advent. So in this series, we're not only remembering that first Advent as Christmas, Christmas time, but we're also remembering the second Advent, the coming of the Lord, our Lord, the King of Kings, right? Again, as, as uh, John mentioned the first time he came in a humble manger, but the second time he's coming back victorious and glorious. So each week we're looking at one of the Gospels, as we mentioned before. First week we looked at Matthew, then we looked at Mark, and this week we're going to look at Luke. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Luke this morning, before we um, get into Luke, let's just take a minute and look at who Luke was. So some of you, I don't know if you picked up the fourth point. You might be a visitor in the back. There's a piece of paper with a fourth point. You can follow a line, follow along here. We have some blanks that we'll fill in as we move along this morning. So who was Luke? First, we know that he was a Gentile. Do you know what a Gentile is? Some, some people might hear that word a lot and say, what, what does that mean? <laughs> so a Gentile is basically someone that's not Jewish, Right? So Luke was, as far as we know, he was the only writer of the New Testament that was a Gentile. So as we opened up Luke this morning and just a little bit in Acts, which is another book that he wrote, 
Um, we're going to be re reading from a book that was written by a Gentile. He was also a physician. A physician. Paul calls him in Colossians. He says, Luke, the beloved physician. He's Dr. Luke, right? Have you ever heard of someone call him that, Dr. Luke? You also may, when you're reading through Luke, you might see how he spends a little bit more time on people that are sick and, and also explaining the suffering at the cross in a little bit different way, maybe from a doctor's view rather than just um, a layperson's view. So he was a Gentile, he was a physician, and he was the third thing was he was Paul's friend. He was Paul's friend. We see that Paul mentioned him three or four times in his writings. And, and again, how I mentioned before, he said he called Luke the beloved physician. So he was someone that was close in his work, someone that would have um, spent days and weeks on end with Paul on his journeys and seeing the spread of the gospel throughout um, the land. And also, um, we can see that that's mentioned in Acts. Because, again, as I said, Luke wrote Acts. So sometimes you'll see where he says, he'll use the term, we went here and we went there. And when you see that, you can tell he was actually at that point with, with Paul and the others. So number four, as we look at Luke, the Gospel of Luke, he was not an eyewitness. He was not an eyewitness. So Luke was not there when, when Jesus was born. Luke was not there when Jesus was ministering throughout Galilee and Judea and different areas. He was not there as an eyewitness. We see in Acts 16, that's probably when Luke came on the scene. We don't know a lot about how he came to Christ, but we can see that that's where he met Paul probably around in Acts 16. So let's look to the introduction or the beginning of Luke chapter 1. So if you want to turn there, Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at the first four verses and focus on those for a few minutes in the introduction. So Luke chapter 1, I'll read it. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, you may have certain, so that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So as we look at the introduction this morning, I just wanted to point out three things before we get started into the, uh, the narrative of the shepherds. And the first thing here at the introduction was at verse 2. It says, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses. So as I mentioned before, remember, Luke was not an eyewitness, right? If he was an eyewitness, he would have, he would have included himself in that group. So Luke writes this gospel, this story of Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection. He's going to the original sources, isn't he? He's going to the eyewitnesses to find out what actually happened. It appears that he probably even interviewed Mary. I don't know if you've noticed as you've read Luke, there's a couple of times where he says, and Mary treasured those things in her heart. 
you remember that phrase? That's probably because he interviewed Mary and she was able to share the things that she treasured in her heart. So that's just, um, again, he went back to the eyewitnesses. He went to Mary. He would have compiled these things. The second thing from the intro in verse 2, it says, having followed all things closely for some time past. Having followed all things closely for some time past. So Luke was following all these testimonies that he was hearing as he became a believer and as he traveled with Paul. Maybe, maybe he met, met some of the people that were with Jesus um, throughout his, his walk. He, he found all these, these testimonies and these eyewitnesses and he compiled them together. So he, he no doubt compiled them. He probably examined them. He cross-examined them, make sure that these testimonies were true. If one person said one thing and another person said another, he probably didn't include that, right? He wanted to make sure that everything was accurate. He was, he was concerned with the authenticity and accuracy of the accounts. And then the third thing that I wanted to point out on the um, introduction here is where he says, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So the third thing we want to look at this morning is that he says that you may have certainty. And this was the reason that Luke spent time and wrote the Gospel of Luke was that so that Theophilus would have certainty of the things that he was taught. So the things, God has given us this account of the life of Jesus so that we can have certainty. So when you think about your faith and, and what Jesus did and you don't, we don't have to wonder, is this a compilation of some myths that may have happened, may not have happened? These are things that were cross-examined by Luke. He went to the eyewitnesses. He found the people that were there. And he made sure that everything was, was recorded properly. We can be for certain that we were taught, what we were taught about Jesus is true by reading this and the other Gospels. Okay? So that's the introduction. Let's move on from the background and introduction of Luke to what he wrote in the Gospel of Luke. First, we're going to look at what he wrote regarding the first advent. Remember, we talked about the first advent was when Jesus came, right? His birth, his life. So this is his first advent. Luke is the writer that gives us the most detail regarding the announcement to Mary and the only one to mention the shepherds during the birth of Christ. So in fact, there's so many details this morning that we can't go through all of what Luke said about that first advent, about that Christmas time. But this morning we're going to focus just on the story of the shepherds. So if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, we're going to look at 2, verse 8 through 20. As I mentioned before, Luke is the only gospel writer that gives us the account of the shepherds. So since we're in Luke today, let's focus on what the shepherds heard, saw, and experienced. Right? As we read through this, look at what they heard, saw, and experienced. Starting at verse 8, let's go ahead and read God's word here. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, 
and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, remember that verse, the phrase there, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. <clears throat> so do, do, you, um, do any of you watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special this time of year? Yeah. Do you remember Charlie Brown was trying to get that pageant together and he was frustrated and no one was doing anything right and didn't know what Christmas was all about and he screams out, does anyone know what Christmas is about? And what happens? Do you guys remember? Linus, right? He shows up. What does he say? He read just what we read, right? He says, and then at the end he says, and that's the meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown, right? So, so as we read this, this is what the meaning of Christmas is, right? Yeah. So the pastor's been doing his sermon series of Romans in reverse before Advent. Do you remember that? So today we're going to look a little bit at, of Luke in reverse. Just going to steal that phrase. So starting at the end of this section, let's look at verse 20. Let's look at verse 20 in Luke chapter 2. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So first, let's look at the phrase, as it had been told them. The shepherds were told the good news. The shepherds were told the good news. So that's our first point today as we, as we look at Luke chapter 2. The shepherds were told the good news. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So the shepherds were told the good news of great joy, weren't they? What was the good news? What was the great joy for all the people? The shepherds were told some good news, but Isaiah the prophet, some, do you know how early, how much earlier Isaiah was? Does anybody know? I hear 400. 700, there you go. That's about seven, 740, 750, 100 years before the time of Christ. And he said in Isaiah 9, verses 
6 through 7. For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given. Do any of you listen to the Messiah during the Christmas time? That, yeah, you know the song, For unto us a child is born, right? So this is where this comes from. So for to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So the, the shepherds were probably quite familiar with this, this uh, portion of scripture from Isaiah. So when the angel announced in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For unto you is born. Do you see the, the, the very familiar phrase there? In Isaiah it says, For unto us is born. And, and this day the angels were saying, For unto you is born. This day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ means Messiah. So they no doubt would have been reminded of the prophecy of, of Isaiah and of the coming Prince of Peace from the throne of David, the Messiah, the Christ. So what excitement the shepherds must have had. Can you imagine being um, under a government like Rome, being under an oppressive government? What would you have been hoping for and longing for? Maybe even out in those dark fields watching your, your sheep by night, right? What would you have been hoping for and thinking about? You would have been hoping for the Messiah, right? You would have been hoping that someone, the Messiah, would come and, and release you from this oppressive government. Even today, we can see oppressive things going on, right? Have you seen any oppressive things going on the last few years? Maybe a few things? <laughs> Also, not only here, but just around the world. You've seen countries that you thought, wow, I thought they were somewhat of a free country, but maybe like Australia or others, where some crazy things are going on. Wouldn't we all, if we were the shepherds, be wondering, when is the Messiah coming? When will he come to rule and reign over us and to push out this evil Roman government? So let's, let's read on in verse 12 of chapter 2. Verse 12 says, And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So the shepherds were told what they would see, weren't they? They were told, this is what you're going to find. And we'll see here that they actually do find that. But they would see the baby Jesus wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Okay, so for the first point, just to go back, it's the shepherds were told the good news. Let's look at verse 20, going back again for the second point. Verse 20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The second point this morning is the shepherds experienced the good news. 
the shepherds experienced the good news. The shepherds not only heard the good news of the Messiah's birth, they also were able to experience what had happened. This morning as we go through the shepherd's experience with the good news, I want you to think back to your experience to the good news, to the gospel that was presented to you. As the shepherds were told the good news, were you also told the good news? So let's, as we look through this morning, I want you to think back to how the gospel came to you as well. So they experienced hearing the angels praising God. Number one, they experienced angels hearing they experienced hearing the angels praising God. Excuse me. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. So Jesus brought peace, didn't he? He brought peace between God and man through his death on the cross. Right? That's the only way that there could be peace between God and man was through the death of Jesus Christ. So number two this morning, under this point, they, ex they experienced the good news of the angels firsthand by going and seeing. By going and seeing. Verse 16 tells us that they went with haste to Bethlehem. So imagine if you had just heard this great news from an angel, told you the, the good news, and then all of a sudden a host of angels was praising God around you. How would you have reacted? You'd be shocked, right? If someone said, hey, over in Lewis, this exciting thing's going to happen, and then the person left, what would you do? Would you wait around? or No, you'd go with haste, right? They went with haste to Bethlehem. Alistair Begg said, quote, when God, I have a, a quote here, when God opens your eyes, when God softens your heart, you will do as the shepherds did. You will proceed directly to the place where you might meet him. I'll read that again. When God opens your eyes, when God softens your heart, you will do as the shepherds did. You will proceed directly to the place where you might meet him. So when God delivers the good news, when you understand the truth of the gospel, when you, when you see that good news, God softens your heart, you're also going to to run to him, to run to the cross to, um, for that great salvation. So if you're here today and you're like the shepherds and you're just hearing, just hearing about the good news, maybe you've never heard anything about Jesus or the good news of the salvation that he brought, I would say if, if this is your time of hearing about the good news, just like the shepherds, come and run to him. Come with haste. So the, the shepherds experienced the good news by seeing also, right? They, they did it by going. They went with haste, but also by seeing. So in verse 16 and 17, you see where the shepherds, they actually went and saw Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus lying in a manger and cloths, just like the angels had told them. All right, and number three, the shepherds went, 
excuse me, they also experience sharing the good news. They also experience sharing the good news with others. The good news they had heard from the angels, they shared with Mary and Joseph, right? So you can imagine they, they saw Mary and Joseph and Jesus and they said, you know, we saw angels we come down from heaven and they told us this great, this great news. So they shared that with them. But it, but it also seems that they, sh- they told more than just them. They told more than just Mary and Joseph. Some of the Bible versions say, I don't know what your version says, but some say they, they made it known abroad. It was made known abroad what they to- were told by the angels. So these shepherds had been told by an angel that the Messiah that they had been waiting for was born. They went and they found that it was true. And then they also made sure that others knew the good news. Are we doing the same thing in our walk? In the good news that we were shared? Are we excited about it? Are we sharing with others? Are we making it known abroad to those that are around us, to those in our family? I would hope that, um, that we could all do that more and more. I know that I don't do it enough. I'm sure some of you here might feel the same way. So let's, let's be like the shepherds as we think about Christmas, about the good news that they received and how they shared it. Let's do the same. We've been told the good news of Jesus Christ, the great salvation that he brings. If we have experienced this news, this salvation, are we making it known? Let us remember the amazing and glorious thing that has happened to us through Jesus Christ, and let us make it known to all those around us. So the third point of this section that we can see back in verse 20 is, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. So going back to verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So think about, again, going back to those shepherds, think about all that they experienced that night. Right? First they they heard from the angels. Then they not only heard the angels' message, but the angels praising and glorifying God. And then they went and they saw, and they, they were able to see Jesus and to share with others. So this Advent, as we think about Jesus and what he came to do, and what he did for us to save our souls, do you want to glorify and praise God? When those... When you start to think about what Jesus did for you, do you want to glorify and praise him for all that he's done for you as well? We can only <clears throat> we can not only praise God for what he's done, but we can also praise him for what he said he's going to do. So again, as as we look at this sermon series, we're looking at the first advent, but we're also looking at the second advent. Jesus said that he's coming back for his church. Luke in chapter 12, if you want to flip over to Luke chapter 12, it says Luke is talking about how we must be ready for that second advent, the return of Christ. If you want to go down to verse 42 of Luke chapter 12, we'll read there through verse 46.
And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. So as we think about the second coming, will the Lord find you ready? Are you ready when Jesus returns? Will he find you and me waiting like that faithful servant with the, we've probably seen some pictures of the, the servant with the lantern waiting, right? Are we keeping our uh, trick, our wicks trimmed and burning properly, waiting for the Lord? Luke goes on to describe in chapter 21, we can flip forward a few chapters to verse 21, the return of the Son of Man. The Son of Man is a phrase for Jesus. And through the words of Jesus in chapter 21, starting at verse 25, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. So as we see the signs of the times coming, as we, as we know the return of Jesus is near, what should we be doing? We need to straighten up, right? Like it says, straighten up, raise our heads because our redemption is drawing near. Sometimes um, as my wife is raising our five boys, some of the younger ones will, you tell them to do, to do something and what happens? Some of you probably raised other children, right? What happens? They begin to do this, right? They start pouting, right? And my wife will often say, all right, come on, chin up, right, chin up. <laughs> That's how sometimes we can be as believers too, right? We can see the, the things around us. We can become discouraged with the things of life. And I think God is in, in some way saying, chin up, right? You, you're getting frustrated with the things that are happening but don't get frustrated because your redemption is drawing near. We need to raise our heads up because our redemption is drawing near. So where do you find yourself as Jesus' return is close? Are you like, are you weary in the waiting? Do any of you become weary waiting for the Lord's return? Do you feel like the servant who's been at the door waiting for his master? For his return, but you feel like it will never happen. So I encourage you to, to make yourself ready. Don't grow weary, but look forward to his return. 
Maybe you're like the shepherds, right? Like the shepherds may have felt, thinking about when is this Messiah coming? When is this oppression going to end that we're going through? Maybe you feel like the shepherds today. Are you growing weary, waiting for the Messiah? I would encourage you, just like we read here, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Luke, the physician, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, he also wrote Acts that we mentioned at the beginning. So I want to turn to Acts this morning. If you want to turn over Luke, John, right? And then go into Acts. Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 9 through 11. If you want to turn there, verses 9 through 11. So we could say that this was this um, time here that, that Luke is recording is the end of the first advent. So we just talked about the beginning of the first advent when Jesus came. So now he's, he's, he's grown and he's lived, he's had his ministry, he's, he's died on the cross, he's been resurrected, and now this is the very end of that first advent. Acts chapter 1, verse 9, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, some of the versions say this same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So I want to read that last verse again. This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So Luke, in the book of Acts, he tells us the end of that first advent that we've been talking about this morning, about when Jesus came and he was born and he lived and he died and rose again. Now that's the end of this first advent. Jesus went up into heaven and that was it. That was the end. But Luke also records the second coming, doesn't he? Even at the very act of this, the end of this second advent, we're told of how Jesus will return in the same way. Jesus will again come in the same way as he went into heaven. He'll come in the same way in, in three ways. I've seen different uh, commentators mention this. He'll come personally, he'll come visibly, and he'll come gloriously, right? That was the same way he left, right? He was personally with his disciples, wasn't he? It wasn't just, Jesus didn't just run off into the wilderness and disappear. He was there personally with his disciples, with, his believ with the believers. It was visibly, right? All the disciples that were there could see that it happened. And thirdly, it was gloriously, wasn't it? <clears throat> he didn't just disappear. He went up into heaven into a cloud, was taken up, and the angels were there telling them about this. So are we ready? Jesus is coming for his bride. His bride is the church. And I'm going to close with these verses from Revelation. When you talk about the return of Christ, you often turn 
the revelation to the end times. So starting at verse 6 of chapter 19, if you want to flip over there. And then right after 19, we're going to flip over to, to chapter 22, verse 20. So starting at Revelation 19.6, it says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. So as we look forward to that day, let us rejoice in expectation. Let us exalt him. Let us give him glory as we wait for our bridegroom to come and get us his bride. So I'm just want to close here today with Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. So just in closing, Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. Jesus says, yes, I am coming soon. Jesus said, yes, I'm coming soon. And John, immediately after that, I don't know if we can all say that together. Put that up on the screen there, if you don't mind. Let us join John in saying, Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's do it one more time. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the first advent that you sent Jesus as a baby to experience all the things that we experience as human beings, all the struggles that we face, all the temptations that we face, you also face through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming, for living among us, to understand the sufferings that we face and the temptations that we face, and but not just succumbing to them but overcoming them through your mighty hand we thank you lord that that you came and and not only just just to live among us but you came to die and to to give us a great salvation a good news that we can also share with all those that are around us lord we know we were just like the shepherds we were told the good news we, we've been told by someone else whether we it was told through the word as we read or, or by a family member or a pastor. Lord, and we experience that good news that you've given us, that salvation. And we thank you. Help us, Lord, to share with others, to share this good news. And we, we look forward to your return. Help us, Lord, to not grow weary. Help us to, um, to just look to your return with excitement just as a bride waits for her bridegroom. Lord, help us to be excited and, and to, to tell others of this exciting good news that we have. We thank you, Lord. We pray that 
you would be with each and every family here this Christmas season, we, that we would share your light and your love with others, especially those in our family that don't know you, we pray. We just thank you, and we pray that um, you'll bless the rest of this day. In Jesus' name, amen.